of truth. It's only in God can find peace through Christ Jesus. God does not dwell in houses of brick of mud. It dwells in our hearts. Join Word versus World every Sunday at 8 a.m. on 92.5 in Nugu's Dream FM. Word versus World. Rightly dividing the truth of God's Word. Word versus World. Sponsored by friends and lovers of the Gospel. Yes, it's a beautiful day today and we are grateful to God for life and for good health. Um, it's time for Word versus World and on this program we take worldly concepts and ideas and x-ray them using the truth of God's Word. Um, we do this to ensure that every believer who tunes in is fully equipped with the requisite resources needed to live a balanced Christian life. We are fully aware that um, the times are dangerous times. Um, the Bible says that um, these are evil and the love of many would wax cold. So what we strive to do here every Sunday is to ensure that the fire on the altars of our personal lives keep burning. You know, we just keep feeding them with the word of God. And um, so we actually have been, we started a series, The Gospel of Christ, last Sunday. And today is the second week in the series. Um, the Gospel of Christ. So what is the Gospel of Christ? Pastor explained to us that um, the gospel simply means good news. And um, it means good message, good uh, good proclamation, you know, good announcement. So um, when we're dealing with the, the word of God, the gospel therefore would translate to mean uh, the good news of Christ, the good news about Christ. And Pastor tried to explain to us last week that the gospel of Christ is simply Christ. You don't add to Christ, you don't take away from him. So any gospel that goes beyond the, beyond, you know, the borders of Christ, any gospel that tries to bring in something else apart from Christ is no longer the gospel of Christ. And, um, we, we had a very wonderful time last Sunday and I believe that um, as you have tuned in today, um, your life will not remain the same. You will actually, um, get blessed as you listen. So as I said, my name is Hope, and uh, we're on this, in the second week of um, the Gospel of Christ. Good morning, Pastor Okemote. Yeah, good morning, Sister Hope. Welcome, listeners. Good to be here again. Okay. Um, so we, we talked about the Gospel of Christ last week, Pastor, and um, we had the definitions. So today I'm thinking that um, we should just, um, you know, go straight into um, the gospel of Christ. The Bible says that, um, I think that was Matthew 28, verse 20 or something like that, where Jesus, he actually gave the, the commandments to his disciples. He said, go ye into the gospel, mm. into the world mm. and preach, you yeah. know, yes, the good news to all men. You know, um, so uh, the question I have here is, um, you know, this thing about the gospel of Christ, what makes people, um, you know, want to share? Because last week we actually talked about, you know, uh, when people, what makes people not want to share, uh, when people are ashamed of the gospel of Christ and all that. So what makes people want to share this gospel of Christ? What is the drive, really? What's, what would make, I mean, you, Pastor, what makes you share this gospel? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um Let's start from, if I talk of myself, uh, let's um, um, start from scripture. Um, the 
Okay, last week I we I read the scripture which I would want to read again. But before then, let's understand, uh, like you said, the gospel, because until you understand definition, sometimes you just, uh, you find it difficult to build. Again, let's define what the gospel is. It's a message from God and it's about a person called Christ, which is good news. And uh, said that before that good news, there was bad news. Mm. Man was going, uh, you know, man was on the path of eternal destruction. Um, man could not, um, you know, that re- that fellowship was not there. Uh, man lost it. Now, so it was bad yeah, because until you understand that, you understand where you are coming from, um, it will be difficult to appreciate where you are. And a lot of people will never appreciate the gospel, um, even if in quotes they uh, wear that, they call themselves Christian because um, I want to let people know how bad they are. Uh, let's not color things. Sometimes say don't hurt them. No, let's tell them who they truly are, because until you understand who you are, you will never appreciate the gospel. Until you understand how bad it was, it will just be telling you the gospel. It might sound good to you, but you will never appreciate it. You know. So coming from that point, men who understood uh, fellowship with God, men who understood that gap, you know. They rejoiced when they heard the gospel. Men who understand, you know, for example, a lot of um, uh, communities presently, in fact, they've been sacked by flood. Mm. You know, um, my community in Delta. You know, I saw the videos. I almost, I almost wept. You know, is is bad. When I say it's bad, it's bad. You know, but um, if you hear that, okay. Okay, maybe now they've experienced this. Next time, they say, oh, this is the projection, maybe from meteorologists and all that, that are likely to have something similar to this. Because properties were lost, you know, people who had farms, poultry, mm. uh, you know, uh, uh, people who had um, uh, fish ponds, you know, millions lost in, the, in, in this uh, present uh, flood that has been experienced in some parts of the country. Now, so let's say next year comes and the government say, oh, from what we see, we're likely to even more. The last time we experienced this in my in my community was, I think, in 2012. Mm. You know, and it's bad. It's 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 terrible. Now, when you're talking of about one 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 third or to third of the community being flooded, you know how bad yeah. how bad that is. Now. I haven't said that. Now, so when you give them a message next time, oh, this is what is likely to happen, they will embrace the, okay, if you see, okay, we've provided a place for you. You can come here and stay. Now, that is good news. Until you understand how bad it is. I've heard people say, oh, don't tell the, I said, no, you have to know how bad you are. You have to know how terrible you are. That's a problem the Pharisees had. They thought they were good. You know, and they could come to God to pray. But one of my best scriptures, Luke chapter 18, uh, where the Bible says two men, they came to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other one was a publican, you know, that is a tax collector. The tax collector knew that he is a sinner. Therefore, he could not even look up to God. It's, and he asked for mercy. But you see the, 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 the Pharisee, the Pharisee had, he, he had, confidence in himself. In fact, some translation says he prayed to himself. 
He prays to himself. You know, when you are a God to yourself, because everybody prays to a God, you pray to somebody who is higher than you. As a lawyer, you pray the judge to look into your matter. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Why? Because he, the judge, has that power to grant you your prayers. That's how you will say, right? Yeah. Good. So, but the, this, the Bible says this man prayed to himself that this is a God. You know, when you begin to look at your works, when you begin to, you know, you think you are righteous in yourself, you are praying to yourself. You might use the name of Jesus, but the prayer is to yourself. Please go and read it. Uh, Luke chapter 18. The New American Standard Version said he prayed to himself. Now, so you must, we must understand how bad this was before we appreciate the good news we are going to you know we are on the uh, 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 road to eternal destruction until Jesus came now so appreciate how bad it, how bad it was then you will appreciate sorry you must remember how bad it was then you must appreciate the good news now haven't said so so why did Jesus come because the message is about him uh, Philippians chapter 2 said he was equal with God. He had everything. Let's put it in our, in our own way. He was comfortable. So why would Jesus come from heaven to earth? In fact, when Simeon saw the child Jesus, he said, now your servant can depart in peace. You know, the prophets, they, they longed to see his coming. So why did Jesus come? Stated clearly in John chapter 3, verse 16. Remember, the message is from God to man and is about a person called Jesus. It's about Christ. As in the course of this series, we'll talk about another gospel that Paul talked about. Paul talked about another gospel. So the message is about Jesus. So John 3, 16, John chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, For God so loved. In fact, some translations we say, or explanation uh, commentaries we say, this is how God loved the world that He gave, that He sent His only begotten Son. So why will Jesus? Because uh, uh, you know there was a cry, "Who will go for us?" So why will Jesus come to Earth to rescue mankind? First, this is propelled. 100% by love. In other words, we cannot preach this gospel if there is no love in our hearts. It is love that we... Now, so I see, I look at my now my natural people now, you know, where I come from naturally. I, I say, what can I do to help these people? Do you understand? What can I do? How much do I have to send to mm. them? How much relief materials will they need if I have that kind of resources? Now, Jesus was comfortable. Jesus needed nothing. People say he came so that he would. No, no. He needed nothing. He's God. He's all sufficient. You know. But it was love. Love for the people. So it's clearly stated in John chapter 3 verse 16. That for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God shows his love for us, that in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. First, but you see that God shows his love. God shows his love. In that while we were yet sinners, 
Christ died for us. Please never forget that. Is love. So we can never preach the gospel to a people that we don't love. The foundation of the gospel of Christ is love. When we pray that people should die, there is no love in our hearts. <laughs> there is vengeance. And listen, there are two things you must, there are two uh, positions of God you must never occupy. The glory of God and the vengeance of God. He says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Vengeance is not yours. He says, then the glory of God. He said, my glory I will not share with any man. Those two things, please stay away from it as a Christian. Vengeance and the glory of God. He said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord I will repay. Now, he, when he wants to, show, you know, when he wants to get angry, let's leave him to do what, but it must never be that we as Christians are known to be vengeful. No. We should be full of mercy. Please listen to this. You can never preach to a people that you don't love. You can never. Then First John chapter 4 verse 19. He said we love because he first loved us. That's why we love. First John chapter 4 verse 19. You go to Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 16. He said now men... Now, I say how, uh, may, okay, talks about the Lord Jesus Christ Himself and our God, uh, the Father, who loved us. That's first, uh, second Thessalonians 2 16, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace. So you see that everything about the gospel, the foundation of this gospel is love. Let me take you to, um, Jonah. I read that book of Jonah last week and I want to read it today again. Jonah chapter, um, um, that is Jonah chapter, let, let me read from 3, Jonah chapter 3, I'll read quite a long read anyway, but while we're here to read, the, to, mm. to, uh, to learn scriptures, Jonah chapter 3, because if you don't um, have this, forget about preaching the gospel, and you will see how dangerous it is for you not to preach the gospel. Very dangerous. So look at it from Jonah chapter 3. I read from the New Living Translation. It says that from verse 1. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. Verse 4 On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh in verse 5 believed God's message and from the greatest to the least, they declared the fast and put on Bolap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah in verse 6 was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself up in Bolap and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king in verse 7 and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your heads and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments in verse 8 of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Now it says in verse 9, who can tell, perhaps even yet, God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw, please listen to this. When God saw, that is in verse 10 of Jonah chapter 3, 
when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he put a stop to their evil ways. That is called repentance. Mm -hmm. He changed his mind and did not carry out his destruction he had threatened. Now let's go to verse 4. Chapter 4. Chapter 4. This change, this change of plans greatly, greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. Now what made him angry? That God changed his mind that um, he wanted to destroy people but because they repented, he said he's not going to destroy them again. This greatly uh, angered Jonah. He was very angry. So he, he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tashish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. He said, just kill me, just kill me now, Lord. I would rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Then the Lord replied in verse 4, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city, made a shelter to sit under he to sit as he waited to see what would happen to the city. Now, because of time, let's go to verse 9. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because uh, the plants died? Now, you see that story um, around that uh, verses um, 4 to 9 or 8. Now, listen to verse 10. Then Jonah said, you feel sorry, then sorry, the Lord said in verse 10, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Now listen to this, that even God was concerned not just about the people of Nineveh, he was concerned about the animals. You know, being destroyed. He was concerned about the animals. Because you see that the king said, no animals should eat, everybody should fast. Now, what, you know, propelled, we're looking at that propelling is love. Is love. So anybody that doesn't have love cannot preach the gospel. You preach other gospel, but not the gospel of Christ. The foundation of the gospel of Christ is love for people. Is that you see people, you see people being destroyed. And you say, no, take this message. Take, just take for example, you have a loved one who is, uh, who is sick. And you know that this is, this medicine would help this person. You see people who carry their loved ones everywhere just to see that that person is fine you know when somebody when somebody's sick you need to every the whole family is is, is scattered of that person now if we have that same attitude to spiritual darkness then love will be a driving force number two you see it in that same scripture is compassion you see it compassion now Compassion and love, the, 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 like the, uh, Jesus said, say the second, the second is like the first, you know. But that, you know, compassion is that, um, you know, is that action that you take as a result of what is in your heart? Is that action that you take as a result of what is in your heart? Now, 
So, first is love, second, co- compassion. Why did God, not, not just that I have love for the people, I go further to help. I go further to give this message. It's called compassion. And you see it there. It said, then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and it died. But Nineveh, has, that's in verse 10 of chapter 4, 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Now, And that was why Jonah was sent. I've said two things now. Hmm. The first is love. The second is compassion. The third is body. The third is body. You know what Paul says? Uh, that's in first Corinthians. Uh, that should be in first Corinthians. Let me see if I can get that scripture. Uh, he said, For necessity is laid on me. Let me, I, I truly want to get that scripture right. Um, yes, he said, For necessity um, is laid on me, and woe to me. If I do not not preach the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 16. Now, that word burden is very important. That word burden is very... See, any Christian that lacks these three. eh? Love, compassion, and burden. You You can never preach the gospel. And I will tell you the danger of not preaching the gospel if we have time. Because don't just be, oh, I, I, I'm relaxed. No. Now, let's say First Corinthians chapter uh, nine. Sorry, First Corinthians chapter nine. I'm open to chapter one here. Nine verse um, sixteen. Yes, it says, "For if I preach uh, the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for I am under compulsion. For woe is me if I do not preach the gospel." Listen, woe. You know the word woe. This sounds um, so, uh, you know, this Bible, this Bible language. Well, let me put it in simple. It a curse be on me if I do not preach this gospel. Curse. That is, you see a people dying. You see a people living in spiritual darkness. And you have the cure. You have the cure. And you say, no, you're not going to give it. I think it's, you're a wicked person. No, you're a wicked person. How can I see danger in front and not tell the people that there is danger in front? Because that's what they say, we don't want to hurt them. But ultimately, they will be hurt. Ultimately, they will be destroyed. So let the person know that this way of life, this is where it's going to lead you to. No, now, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you out of love because I do not want you to be destroyed. If you see something that want to hurt me, sister, I know you will tell me. Now let's, you know, extend that attitude to the people out there. So Paul said in that First Corinthians chapter nine verse sixteen, he said, "For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast. I'm just it's my responsibility." Uh, he said, "For I'm under compulsion or necessity, like some uh, scripture uh, uh, translations. translations will say, I'm under compulsion. For woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Say, for if I do this voluntarily, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have a stewardship entrusted to me. He said, what then is my reward in verse 18? That when I preach the gospel, I may offer the gospel without charge, as so as not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. Now." That word necessity is very important. That word necessity is a burden. Now, 
I read of how, of course, when polio was ravaging ravaging Africa, the people who had the vaccines, you know, they came. They came to Nigeria, and they met very stiff opposition in a part, a certain part of this country, in the northern parts of this country. Um, a number of things they said uh, the vaccine was going to make their men uh, sterile and, you know, impotent, uh, you know, that they wanted to reduce. That was the uh, news out there, that they wanted to reduce their population and all that. So they met stiff opposition. As a matter, at, in fact, from uh, some of the people who went to administer this vaccine, they got killed. You know, well, you see, I don't, was it was the World Health Organization who was driving that. They did not relent. They kept, you know, pushing these vaccines to the north. They kept, it was free, you know, it was free. They kept pushing this vaccine. They kept pushing this vaccine. They would kill the people who goes from how, who go from house to house to administer this vaccine. But they kept doing it. Why? Because they saw that, ah, these people are dying or, you know, they're they, they being paralyzed from polio, died from polio, and there is a vaccine. This thing is free. Now, despite the opposition that they were faced with, they did not relent. And I think a few years ago, Nigeria was declared polio-free. But there were people who were committed to doing that. Now, whatever was their driving for, force, I really don't know. But I saw the aggressiveness that, you know, the doggedness that though you're killing us, they kept talking to the uh, royal fathers there that this is why you need this vaccine. They kept educating the people. They did not let them die. They did not allow them to be paralyzed. Now, and Nigeria was declared polio free. Like I said, I really don't know what was, what was their driving force. But for us as Christians, we understand that, listen, if people continue behaving the way they are behaving, if people continue living in sin, they will be destroyed. Ultimately, they will be destroyed. We are already experiencing some of the destructions now. But that eternal destruction is what we, we don't want. And with the way people are going, they will be destroyed. Now, that is why we go out. First, love. Second, com- uh, com- um compassion, then there is a burden in our heart. Read the book of Malachi chapter uh, chapter 1. It says, and the burden, the burden of the Lord upon Malachi. The prophets had burdens. Read Jeremiah. Read Isaiah. These people had burdens. And they kept coming, you know, with that message to the people of Israel over and over again. Now, three things I've said, and you must pray. Because necessity, you must preach that gospel. That the Lord will fill your heart with love for the unsaved. That the Lord will give you compassion. The Bible said Jesus had come. He saw them as sheep without shepherd. Compassion. Have compassion on them. Then there must be a burden. There must be a burden. Burden is what will drive people to, you know, what we call support the gospel. Give their resources to the gospel. I'm going to talk about that. There are a lot of Christians don't. When we talk, when we come to responsibilities that is laid upon everyone, 
in preaching this gospel. So this is this is what should be our driving force: the love for the unsaved, compassion, and the burden that is upon us. Okay, thank you, sir. Um, so, the at first, I just want to ask: uh, the three elements must they be complete for someone to, you know, like if I don't love, can I just have a burden, or must they? Or do they work hand in hand? Okay, first. Um, Let's we'll always start from somewhere. Um, you know, the, the, there's a way it is. Um, if you, the, the Bible says, "What God has joined together, let no man put asunder." There are things that are joined together. Yeah. Now, this is what I mean. Sin and death they are joined together. You can't separate them. They always go together. If First, like I've, people listening to me now, you say, oh, God opens your eyes to see the lost. Um, again, I've recommended or I've encouraged people to read Luke chapter 16. There is a message there, a message from hell. Yes, yeah, somebody is preaching from hell, and the voice of that man is still loud. loud. The rich man and Lazarus is in Luke chapter 16. Please go and read it. If you give that man an opportunity to come back, you know what he said? He said, first, he requested for water. Now, not a cup of water. Not even a crown cup of water. Just a drop of water, which was not possible. And then he said, okay, I have five brothers. And listen, that is a real-life story. It's not a parable. It's a true-life story. Because the names of two people were mentioned. The name of Abraham and the name of Lazarus. Lazarus was a person that lived. Now, not the Lazarus that uh, Jesus raised from the dead, but it was a common name. But Lazarus was a person that lived, and there was a rich man. And of course, we know Abraham, so it's not... Uh, now, the name of the rich man withheld in this story. But the rich man has a message. Now, what will... What, what did the rich man... He said, go and tell... He said, I have five brothers. Luke chapter 16. He said, tell them what I'm going through, why they should not to change their ways, why they should not come here. Why? Because he has, listen, the pain, the agony, and it's going to be like that forever. So he said, no, I love these people, they should not come here. Now what am I trying to say? There are things that you can't separate. For that man in here, whether it is love, whether burden, whether, first, just understand you know, that there is a place called hellfire and people will actually go there. Once you have that at the back of your mind, then whether it is burden that is coming first or it is compassion or it is love, let's just have this first as our focus that people are going to be destroyed. Hmm? That people are going to be destroyed. Oh, once we're traveling to... Um, did mission work in uh, Makodi. So we're traveling very early in the morning and just in front of us, we saw, you know, armed robbers, you know, macheting, serious beating. And, you know, you just see somebody that quickly reversed and told everybody to turn. Now, why? There's danger in front. Is it love that is in his heart? He just saw danger in front. You, you, you understand? And he doesn't want people to get in there. So whether it is love, I don't know. Whether it is love, uh, burden, compassion, 
all we know is that the guy said there's danger in front. So whether it is compassion that is coming first, I really don't know the order that comes. But first, let's understand that there's danger in front. Hmm? There's danger in front. Then if it is love, fine. If it is compassion, fine. If it is um, body, good. But we must let people know that there's danger. And we must tell them the good news, that they don't have to. Now, why uh, when Noah built the ark, why did he build the ark? Because as a type of Christ, destruction was going to come. Massive flooding, which they experienced. But they mocked him, and for a hundred years, he kept building, and he kept preaching. He was preaching, and he was building, preaching, and building. Whether it was love, whether, you know, but for, for such person, I believe it was burden. You know, because when the Lord places a burden on you, just like Malachi, you know what he said? Is it to? Uh, is it to? Uh, I think it, it should be as it should be Jeremiah or Ezekiel. I think it should be Jeremiah where he said he should um, uh, put a chain on his neck and all that, and walks. He was walking with a rag all over Israel. He wore rags, you know. Why? Burden. In fact, there was a time he said, "I'm not preaching again." He said, "I'm not preaching again." He said, "But." The message was like fire shot up, like fire shot up in my bones. So it's like that burden, that weight. So whether he loved the people or not, to take that weight off him, he had to give the people the message of God. He had to tell them, repent. He had to tell them, the Babylonians will come and carry you. He had to give them that message. By the time the guy said he wasn't doing it again, that guy suffered. Jeremiah suffered. And he said he wasn't doing it again. Well, God, see, he said, when I said I was not going to do it, he said it was like fire shot up in my bones. And until he gives that message, he would have no rest. In that case, it was burden. Do you understand? Yeah. Um, of course. So whichever one that comes to us, whether the burden, whether love, whether compassion, we must get involved in preaching the gospel. Okay. Um, you know, the just there's a scripture you read where where Paul just said that um, uh, you know if he preaches voluntarily, then there's a reward for him, and if he doesn't, I mean there's the there's the in quotes the the burden of stewardship is placed on him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a part of scripture where Paul was telling some people that he knew they were preaching the gospel in like out of spite for him. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. So now coming from that background, and of course with the story of Jonah, which we read this morning, Jonah didn't preach to them out of love. Hmm. You know, Jonah preached, and like I mean, God was almost about to kill him. So Jonah was preaching just to get out of God's yeah. bad book, so yeah. to speak. Yes, that's one. And then of course with those people who Paul was talking about. They didn't, they were not preaching out of love. Now, my question is this Is there any reward for people like that? When you preach out of, um, you know, oh, let me just preach this gospel. Mm. The love isn't there. There wasn't love in Jonah's heart, okay. there wasn't love in the people Paul mm. was talking about. Yeah. Is there any reward? Okay, before we won't talk of reward, first, we should not re- expect any reward in preaching the gospel. Uh, our satisfaction must come from the fact that the people that that we we see trouble in front, and we do not want people to get into trouble. We do not want people to be destroyed. That should be our satisfaction. So that should be the reward. The reward is the satisfaction that we get from the uh, from the fact that people did not go that way 
Do you understand? That should be the reward. Um, because sometimes we think when we preach, uh, so God will buy me, will build me a house for <laughs> preaching the gospel. Uh, if he gives you that, it's not necessarily what Paul said, necessity is laid on me. Good. Now, having said that, that scripture, that I think that's in Philippians chapter 1, uh, verse 15. Paul was in chains and there were people who went out. You uh, see that Philippians 1, 15, yes, it says, um, it says, some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. So there are people who preach um, the... Uh, let me read a more simpler translation. Uh, Philippians chapter 1. Okay. It says, setting indeed even through envy and uh, contention and uh, some also through goodwill do preach Christ. Now, so, you see Paul say, whether you preach out of goodwill, whether you preach out of envy, whether you preach out of uh, strife, one thing is sure, Christ is preached. That's the consolation it got, that Christ is preached. Because he was in chains, so some people say, let's, let's preach. Paul's in prison. Say, let's go and preach so that Paul will know that he's not the only one called to be an apostle. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they were preaching Christ. It's just like, uh, uh, you see, uh, God is... Uh, I'm looking for a word now. Uh, not to God is God is wise. Hmm? God is wise. <laughs> he says people came to him. He said, or oh, people will come to him. Did we not do this in your name? And I've said to people, go and read that scripture again. Matthew chapter seven. Read it again. He said, We did this in your name. And it worked. But they were not doing it because of love, they were doing it because of what they were to get. Because the message translation say, you, he say, when he said, depart from me, he said, I never knew you, you who used me to become popular. <laughs> so you can use God to become popular. But why you have your own interests at heart? God is using that your interests to expand the kingdom, but you will suffer loss. Do you understand? So there are people who actually, oh, we've heard of people who went to villages to do crusade because of money. Now, what was their intention? Money, but is Jesus going to be glorified? Are people going to be blessed? Definitely, do you understand? Definitely, there are people who open churches because of money. Are they going to get the money? Maybe, maybe not. Sometimes they meet frustration, but there are times that people, you know, uh, you on this platform, we've heard of people call, So, I need a church to attend, I need a church to attend. Good now. Maybe they've tried churches and they're not seeing what they what they desire. But are people going to be blessed? You know, I think it was you I was discussing with and said sometimes when people gather, you just think a man of God is great. There is no great man of God. Take God out of every man. The man is is dust. The man is grass. That's why don't focus on any man of God. Focus on God. However, you go to a place, oh, because the, the person has a name, God gives people names. Yes, he gives people names. And you say, oh, this person has the healing anointing. And you go to such places. Now, it is your faith. He will say to them, your faith has made you whole. Because you go with so much faith, so you see God move. You see God move. But the person who is in the forefront knows his relationship with God. So whether people preach out of envy, whether people preach out of strife, whether people preach out of goodwill, Paul said, no problem. 
the name of Jesus is mentioned. And at the mention of that name, he needs bow. Not at the mention of the name of the man of God. At the mention of the name of Jesus, you know, demons flee. So whether there is a reward, like I've said, the reward for anybody who is looking for a reward for preaching, you're not supposed to get a reward anyway. That you are saved. See, you see this thing called salvation. We need to explain it again and again. That you are saved. God has done everything he needs to do for you. Even if you die poor. I'm not joking. That you are saved. That your soul is saved. God has done, he doesn't owe you anything again. Everything he gives to you is a, every other thing is a gift. He doesn't owe you prosperity. He doesn't owe you healing. He doesn't owe you uh, getting a wife or husband. I'm not, I'm not joking. He doesn't owe you a child. But that salvation of your soul is very important. So when we, when we look for, um, oh, I've preached the gospel, so I deserve to be rewarded by God. No, we don't. Now, I'm not saying you should not give to pastors. I think you should. You should give to me, Paul says, if we have ministered to you uh, spiritual gift. It's not uh, spiritual uh, substance. It's not bad if we eat of yours. We feed you with the gospel. We feed you with the truth of God. But we don't lay it as a burden on you. No, nobody should do that. Nobody should do that. Okay, no. The reward we get, the satisfaction we get, is that people are converted. Is that people now see the light and people now follow Christ. That is the satisfaction that comes from preaching the gospel. Not that God owes me a house. No, he doesn't owe me. He doesn't owe me a house. He doesn't owe me any car. He doesn't owe me anything. The, what he owe, what he has given me all. Once I have Christ, I, I have Christ. Colossians chapter three verse eleven. Go and read it. Colossians chapter three verse eleven. And I've always, I've also had, always advised read it from the Living Bible. You will get what you know. You understand it very well. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, um, we still have some questions to ask, but it's time to get interactive. Um, and the phone lines are open. So, um, this is Word versus World, dear listener, on 92.5 Enigus Dream FM. So, please, the line to call is 0902-002-0925. I'll take that again. 0902-002-0925. Send your comments and questions also to our Facebook page, Word versus world, and you can send a WhatsApp chat to zero nine zero five 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 zero six zero one seven zero nine zero five 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 zero six zero one seven, and we have a call. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Can you hear me now? Hello. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Your name and your question? My name is Gabriel and I'm calling for Ms. Ukumarana, the local government. You're welcome, sir. Good morning, Pastor Kamu. Good morning, sir. My question is this. We have uh, a great commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20 and the other places in the gospel. Why is it that today, people who are preaching the gospel, preach it for the purpose of enriching themselves, instead of having love, having compassion, and having burden 
as Jesus did, who was our example. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, sir. Okay. Um, the truth is, I can't answer for people. That's the truth. I've kept saying that. I can't answer for anybody. Uh, all man will answer for himself. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. Uh, you know, every man will answer for himself. Um, if you use the gospel to enrich yourself, you will, one day you will stand before him. The Bible says we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. If you think um, um, the way to enrich yourself is to preach the gospel, have fun. You will give everybody will give what we are doing here. will give an account. Uh, that's the truth. What we are doing here, it will give an account. Did he say the things? You know, sometimes people think to preach or to teach is is fun. If you see it as fun, congratulations to you. But like some like a, a friend said, judgment will not start from the government house. Judgment will start from the house of God. And from that house of God, judgment will start from the preachers. You know, it, it, it talks of uh, the preachers. It talks of double honor. But it also talks of double judgment also for, for preachers. So the truth is I can't answer for anybody. All man will answer for himself. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, you know, Pastor, you, you mentioned that um, there is no, no reward per se. I mean, I, I, I'm just thinking somebody who is out there who's been laboring and, you know, it's, there's, you mean, there's nothing, there's no form of consolation, you know, for the person that, okay, um, at the end of the day, maybe, well, God will tell you good and faithful servant and God will say, okay, for all. I mean, is there no, is there no <laughs> consolation? Uh, he's not, um, he's not a wicked God. Is uh, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, but we don't put that in front of us. Okay. If you understand, uh-huh. we don't put uh, the reward that we should get is the satisfaction um, from what we do. The satisfaction is this: that we see people turn to Christ. Do you understand? We see people turn to Christ. We, see, we hear people who shout of uh, people having agenda, agenda. Christians also must have agenda. In fact, God has given us an eternal agenda that we should preach this gospel. You understand? And that agenda, see, nothing can stop it. We are the only one that can stop that agenda. You know? So, uh, fine. Let's not... Uh, so, as I'm here now preaching or teaching and I say to God where is my reward he has saved my soul to me I, I thank him for that every day you know uh, we, we were we were dirty we were nobody we were heading to hell before but he saved our souls and he gave us a message to teach you know and please again I'm not saying of course in the course of this teaching you will see where your resources will come in yes you will see where your resources when I mean resources your time and your money, it has to come into the preaching of the gospel. It has to. If it's not coming in, then you, we, we have to check whether, uh, when, when we get to that point, yeah, when we talk of the responsibility on that is on, on, on every believer to preach this gospel, you see it. But what's the reward? Let's just get the satisfaction, you know, that comes from the work that we do. You know, the truth is, people who work in, big companies and do not enjoy their job. They are just there because of the money. They, they they sigh every day. They are not happy that they are going to work, you know, but they can't resign. Why? The money is big, you know. The money is big. There's a, there's a, okay, let me not even go to that, you know. Somebody traveled abroad and all that and the job she's doing there, far, you know, there are jobs that 
um, that that's a job that she will never do in Nigeria. Mm. Now, maybe cleaning job or a babysitting job, job, you know, job yeah. meaning job, you know. And here she was a professional, you know, respected and all that. Had now, oh, so people were saying uh, it's better to be a slave there than to to be here. So, um, you know, so it's not that they enjoy it. But they, they are just looking for financial freedom. Mm. They are just looking for um, a place where they have better health care. And, and they say it. You, you know, it's not that they enjoy it. You know. Um, so let's let our satisfaction come from this. You know, first that you are saved. Okay. Oh, that can that can occupy you, giving God thanks for the rest of your life. Okay. Thank you, sir. We have another call. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We you have really not clear at all. Hello. No, I'm I'm sorry we had to um, we lost that call. It's it really wasn't clear at all. Um there's a question on our Facebook page. It's not really in line with what we're talking about. But I think you should just respond in that light, Pastor. Let me hear it first. Okay, um so Namani David said that Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter sixteen verse twenty eight that some of you will still be alive when he will come back in his glory. My question is, does it mean that some of Jesus' disciples are still alive? If he said that then they are um, there's no, you know, if he if he said that, then yeah, um, we we've heard of um, well, <laughs> like John the Beloved, you know, um, where they, 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 there's no record that he died, uh, and I've heard of that he's still alive. Yeah, so. Like you said, it's not in line with what we are discussing, but but I heard that it's still alive. Um, okay. Also, we have another call. Hello, good morning. And so, like we said, you can actually keep your questions coming even to um, our Facebook page, and um, that's Word versus World. And you can still call in. Um, we have a few minutes to go, and um, we can actually uh, uh, take one more question before the end of um, of today's program. Uh, so, you know, um, Pastor was actually just talking about the this reward thing seems to be causing it for... Okay, we have... I hope it's the same caller. We have another call. Hello, good morning. Hello, what's your name, please? I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a speaker. Okay, go ahead with your question. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can't much. Before that, anyway, you are talking much about the reward. Thanks for my physical reward. My name is my name is all my success. That's freedom. But you rejoice because of that. Rejoice because you are living and you really in the book of life. So when you talk of reward in this context, let us divorce physical reward and spiritual reward. That breaking up only to pass your lives. The highest God can see this situation. Now, my question, I mean, my, my question right now is this. Answer, please. Would you now 
They want a clear distinction between pretty and chicken. Then, two, by this 2022, uh, okay. Um, let me see how much time we have. Um, you know, like the last caller said, <laughs> I read this uh, matter of reward. That's not uh, the. It's not, not the, the cross. It's not it. the core of this mm. sort of thing. You mm. understand? Uh, um, and he he said Paul said necessity is laid on me. Please, because of time, maybe next time we'll talk about go and read that first Corinthians chapter nine. Read from verse one, maybe down to twenty. You understand? Now sometimes you know people have asked, Oh, when when we die, what will happen? I don't know what will happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Uh, when we die, we, what will happen? Are we going to this place of... I, I don't know. You understand? Now, how would the reward of God be? I don't know. Do you understand? No, I don't know. But listen to this, because... And if you if you heard me clearly, which uh, this uh, brother tried to explain from Musuka, I said first, that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Right? Then I also said, let's just keep this reward thing aside. Let's focus on the assignment. Let love, let compassion, let that burden drive us, not the reward. If reward is driving you, 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 you miss it too. Yes. No, the reward should not drive you. It was not reward that drove God to send Jesus. It was not reward. Do you understand? It was not reward. And you see this thing about reward, 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 reward. When you put it in the faces of Christians, I don't think you're doing them well. He said, because you have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, your God, even your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness. But friends, there is a love for righteousness. I've explained what the love for righteousness is before here. So let's, maybe I'll take my time to explain it next week. The thing is not, the whole message is not about what I will get. How will God reward me? You understand? First of all, you were supposed to die. You are not supposed to live. Your life, my life, your life was totally useless. We are useless people. And God gave our lives meaning. See, if you understand what that, see, that salvation of the soul is so deep that if we understand it, we will give God thanks for the rest of our lives. When we die, if he says, oh, take 2020 duplexes, <laughs> <laughs> no problem, we'll take it. Well, I don't know what the reward will be. You know, he, he cited somewhere in the book of Peter. Let's, when we leave this earth, then let's, but for now we're on this earth, we have work to do, and let's focus on that work and not the reward. Okay. Thank you so very much, sir. Let's focus on the work and not the reward. Uh, this has been Word versus World on 92.5 Enugu Stream FM. And at 5 p.m. today, Pastor will be live, Grace and Truth. And it's on YouTube. You can also, um, you can just connect Udu Okemote, 5 p.m. today, Grace and Truth. Uh, please keep your questions coming to our Facebook page, Word versus World. Stay blessed.